Entrepreneur Circle is an on-air brands production and a proud member of the On-Air Brands Network. Hi, this is James Altucher. Thank you for listening to Eric Cabral's Entrepreneur Circle. On this episode... People think that the journey to creating wealth is way harder than it is. What happens is people, they're looking for help in the wrong place. And if you can learn how to help yourself, you know, Google it. Somebody asked me today about tax stuff. Like, oh, how'd you find out? Google it. Yeah. It's like all of the information that you could ever possibly want is on the internet and more, and it's not even hiding. You just, right. most people just never ever look for it. Part of it is about immersing yourself in different communities and different like-minded people, right? And so, you know, I have this world of entrepreneur friends and growth-minded people that I'm with and connected with, and, and it will happen by accident if you do it enough, but if you can be intentional, it will happen faster and better. Hey there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the Entrepreneur Circle. My goal is to inspire you by chatting with entrepreneurs about their successes, their failures in life and in business. I am your most humbled host, Eric Cabral, a real estate investor, a creative, and I've been in the creative industry for over 20 years. Got my start in New York City as a junior art director, made my way to the top of the corporate ladder and realized there was the proverbial glass ceiling. So I hung up my corporate hat and started my own creative agency called On Air Brands, where we broadcast your brand and your message using podcasts and social media marketing, along with the help of my other company, PodMax, which hosts live and virtual events for top performing entrepreneurs to get them on podcasts and to learn from our keynote speakers and our massive network. So to learn more about that event, hit up podmax.co and sign up for the next event. They're happening each and every month. So as always, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast with two to three of your friends to continue growing our community and to help others grow from the knowledge shared here and learned here on this podcast. And before we jump into the show, I'd like to share some of what our sponsors, partners, and good friends have to offer you. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about PodMax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next PodMax event. Hey everybody, Todd Anatasio here from Tresnik Media and the On Air Brand Show. I am guest hosting for Eric Cabral here during PodMax. But as always, our goal with this show is to bring experiences from us and our guests with wins and losses 
to share collective insights, building businesses and relationships to inspire and give you the tools that you need on your journey to freedom, legacy, and spiritual growth. And today's guest, Alex Felice from Broke is a Choice is the perfect one to have with us today because if you take a look, it looks like he lives in a library. When you scroll through his website, he's well read across all different topics that range from his professional experience in real estate investing because he's found the easy way to do it uh, all the way to his love for philosophy and that spiritual growth that I mentioned. So I'm excited for our conversation today. We're going to have a lot of fun. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Excited to be at Pod, uh, PodMax and uh, happy to meet you. Yeah, man, this is uh, this is great. And this is your first virtual PodMax. You actually took the ride up. I'm, I'm curious to ask from this. So you're in North Carolina, right? And uh, you took the ride up for a in real life PodMax pre-pandemic. So how'd you get in the mix here and uh, what brought you to the PodMax scene? Uh, Eric and I have a mutual friend named Matt Faircloth. Oh, uh, real also estate. another friend of mine. Yeah, real estate investor. And we've become friends over the last few years. He told me about it. I wanted to participate. Um, I obviously, I know well the value of content, uh, specifically in podcasts. Um, I happen to, you know, I'm a good conversationalist, I think. <laughs> so it suits me well. And I love networking. And then, you know, what else I did is I came up here and um, Eric will have to show you later. Uh, or you can go to my website, but I do photo journals of events. So I went up there, I took a bunch of pictures and I kind of did my thing. So it was a good, it was a very good experience for me. Awesome, man. I love that. And so, all right, we have real estate, philosophy, photojournalism. Give us a little context. Like who is Alex Felice here? Yeah. Um, I was a nobody, a broke nobody till about six years ago, if you can believe it. And, you know, I was going through the motions of life, living month to month, like so many people. I Felt like I had ambition, but I didn't really know where to point it. And so I ended up just living for the weekend. Uh, and that, I think that's very common. And so um, I, in, in kind of an unfortunate set of events, life knocked me around a little bit, uh, which at the time felt cataclysmically bad. But it really taught me to get my, myself together, my self-responsibility um, moving forward. So, you know, I started learning about economics. Um, fine, personal finance, really, not economics. I started learning about What were you doing finance. in the nine to five weekday job? What was your uh, career was there? Selling used cars, bro. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, dude, I was, I was not in a position that I was, I was not making good money and I was not happy with the decisions that I was, you know, the situation I was, I was yeah. in. So, and, and, and a lot of people are in situations that they don't want to be in, but it's like just easy enough that you don't freaking go to work and shoot somebody right yeah. it's like uh, <laughs> it's the golden handcuffs like, right golden handcuffs it's like kind of easy but you're miserable and it, you're stuck so you really and a lot of times people don't know how to get out yeah and so i just went on the internet and um i googled you know how can i get rich <laughs> how can i make money without a get rich quick scheme mm. how can i learn personal finance and i found the fire community which was booming and so Fire community turned into like, you know, just saving money and doing small investments to like, hey, look, then I had a pile of cash, a little pile of cash. And it's like, how can I invest this? Well, it's 2013. There's a foreclosure boom going on. And so, you know, that was a four year play. That was 2001 to 2014 when I bought a, a um, excuse me, 2000, late 2010 to 2014 when I bought a, a foreclosure. And, you know, I made like 60 grand on a foreclosure in a year doing nothing. It was the most money I'd ever seen in my life. And I was like, okay, this is easy. Let's just do this. 
over and over. A lot easier, and, you know, a lot better than selling an, a used car for uh, however many hundreds of maybe a thousand bucks you get, right? Yeah, and you know you're not really doing those people any favors, yeah. right? By selling them a used car at overpriced yeah. and high yeah. interest rates, and oh, it's just. And so um, around that time, I started. I went and got a degree in finance too because I uh, I had the GI Bill from my time in the army. So it, it really was a, the spark was really uh, I wanted to take self responsibility. I wanted to take control. And, you know, that turned into personal finance, which turned into single family homes, which, you know, re- along the way, then it turned into like, well, I need to, uh, I got one for you. You're going to like this. Uh, somebody along the way told me to have perfect happiness in life. You just need to do these three things. You need a hobby that makes you money. I had real estate. You need a hobby that keeps you in shape. I had, I'm a lifelong gym rat and you need a hobby that keeps you creative. I didn't have that. So I went off and I picked up a camera and I learned photography. So Couple years goes by. I ended up with eight single-family rentals. I bought a 24-unit apartment complex in 2019. In late 2020, I just closed on a 52-unit, um, nice. 3.2 million dollar syndication. Congratulations! Syndication. Thank you. And then uh, last year, I started flipping houses and quit my full-time job. Uh, I became book obsessed about about that that same time I picked up the camera, and. Uh, you know, I do, I do, uh, when I go to events for real estate or money, um, I bring my camera and I do these long epic photo blogs. I started doing a, a video series for a company called bigger pockets to, mm-hmm. um, to review their, uh, to kind of interview their investors. So it all just compounded one after another. It, turned, it was like hobby after hobby after, you know, I have a very obsessive comp- uh, personality and it really all started with this idea that, Hey, look, um, self-responsibility. Like if you want, if you want some kind of life, nobody's going to help you. Like you're, I mean, you're going to have to do it yourself. Not, not that other people won't help you, but nobody's going to care more about it than you. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you can come to grips with the idea that as sad as it sounds with the first time you hear these kind of words, but no one's coming to save you. Right. And when you can grab that and, and, and take control of the situation uh, and, and get to that next situation, uh, that becomes extremely empowering. Right. And I think that's where if all of us could get there, um, you know, that's where we can climb the ladder to not just, you, you know, that, that level zero of, all right, I'm in a nine to five job. Like you said, I have this ambition inside me, but where do I point it? Right. And figuring that out. Um, so what was that journey like? What were some of the maybe mistakes and, and, and losses that you had along the way that uh, you help maybe uh, you can share some stories for people going through that? How do we get from that nine to five? I have all this ambition to freeing yourself successfully. Yeah. Um, you know, we had a, people ask about mistakes a lot. I make little mistakes all the time. I yeah. make big mistakes. Um, I make big mistakes uh, that are harder to quantify, like waiting till I was 31 to get my shit together. That's the <laughs> biggest mistake I ever made. Right. And that's a, but it's hard to quantify that as far as like yeah. financial losses. I've made some couple of thousand dollar losses here along the way, but those don't, those aren't the problem. Those aren't really what gets, what, what knocks people out. What knocks people out is, um, you know, the big problems, at least for me, right? Like ego, Mm. That's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, but for to your question, like, a, uh, what is a person who's like, hey, look, I want to change my life, but I don't know how. Um, one of the big problems they have is a lack of patience. And so what people say is like, hey, this is a 6, 10, 20, this is a 30 year play. Now it'll work, but it's going to take time. And then people go, well, you know, F it, I'll give up day one. And yeah. so uh, if you're like, okay, I want to change and I'm committed to time. Um, the, the, the ability to change your life has never, ever, ever in human history been easier because of two because of one big thing, this guy right here, 
your cell phone. This thing, man, you got Audible for books. You got podcasts, right? You can go to meetup.com and find like-minded people. You can find Facebook groups. You can do, um, there's so much you can do with that phone and people are on it all the time and they're screwing around looking at memes and cat pictures. And instead of saying, hey, look, um, like, let me Google personal finance. Let me Google, um, let me get a podcast about personal finance or let me go find people in my area that are, um, that are doing the same thing or that, that are doing what I want to do or who are that I want to become. And people, you know, we just mentioned like people will help you. They will help you tremendously and they will help you selflessly. But the one thing they won't do is help you more than you're willing to help yourself. And so every day when you're like, I didn't work on myself, just know nobody worked on it more than you. <laughs> and so that's really the key. But interestingly enough, the more you work on yourself, the more people want to be part of it. And so it's, it's one of those things where people go, yeah, I'm stuck in this nine to five. And it's like, yeah, I know you're stuck. And I know you got kids and responsibilities and a spouse and, you know, all that stuff. But it's like, if you set aside a little time to self-improve, that compounds and that will really, you know, somebody else will notice, they'll grab hold of you um, and you can really go far. And, and the other thing is, you know, I, I say real estate is easy. Um, people go, um, people think that the journey to creating wealth is way harder than it is. And it's, what I realized in retrospect, my life was I was hoping that my employer was going to pay me enough that I could retire on it. And that isn't, why would anybody do that? They're going to pay you enough to come back to work the next day. They don't want to help you retire. <laughs> so what happens is people, they're looking for help in the wrong place. And if you can learn how to help yourself, you know, Google it. Somebody asked me today about tax stuff. Like, Oh, how'd you find out? Google it. It's <laughs> like all of the information that you could ever possibly want is on the internet and more, and it's not even hiding. You just, right. most people just never, ever look for it. Yeah. I, I, I like the quote that, you know, if, if all we needed was information, then everyone would be a billionaire with six pack abs right now. Is that right? And, uh, and, you and know, you, go ahead. Well, I mean, I like that quote cause I understand what you're saying. Like, Hey, you have to go do something, but yeah. funny enough. Um, uh, cause I agree. Like information is not all you need, but, um, the, the what happens is people go, I don't know what to do. And like, that is an information problem. And so yeah. the first problem is, dude, go look and go look for help, go look for the answers. And yeah. they're, they're not hiding. Yeah. And you know, part of it is about immersing yourself in different communities and different like-minded people. Right. And so, you know, I have this world of entrepreneur friends and growth-minded people that I'm with and connected with. And, and, you know, it, it will happen by accident if you do it enough, but if you can be intentional, it will happen faster and better. And like you said, all right, you want to learn about finances? Like start Googling who are the leaders in these things and start like, this is to me, if you start curating your own social media feeds, like my friends from high school, great guys, most of them very successful. Like, you know, we all have fun together, but they're not in the same type of like entrepreneurial abundant mindset type of space. So they always complain like, oh my God, you like Facebook's so stupid or like, I can't believe you're, you, you look at Facebook so much. When I go on Facebook, it's all entrepreneurs. It's all these growth minded things. It's all either about marketing and business and sales, which is my area of expertise, or it's about like connecting with people like you. Like, so when I log on to social media, I'm surrounded with like great positivity and learning experiences and learning pathways. And even if you're not 
actively looking to learn from something, like you said, like the hardest part is what question do I ask if I want to learn something I have no clue about yet? And when you just start connecting and following and being around these types of people and you immerse yourself so that when you go on your phone, that incredibly powerful device, you just start to consume things in context that will plant seeds and you got to go down these different rabbit holes and start to figure it out for yourself what path to go on, right? Yeah, there's no shortage of content. There's no shortage of people that are putting out information that can help you. And uh, I love you say immersion. Um, actually, side note, Todd, let me ask you this. My Facebook feed used to be full of, I was an alcoholic. So it was just, you know, knuckleheads talking about going to the bar on Friday night. Yeah. Now I don't have any of that. I have all entrepreneurs, but I've actually gone the opposite where I used to hang out with knuckleheads and I was the man yeah. and I was arrogant. <laughs> now, now I have all, my Facebook feed is cram packed with overachievers and I'm like the low one on the oh, totem yeah. pole and it makes me feel insecure. For sure. I need, for some, sure. <laughs> I need some balance, man. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you on that. You know, something interesting, I was talking about this last week, it got a lot of play was um, the idea that like imposter syndrome is, is funny because uh, oftentimes the people who should have imposter syndrome don't, but the people who should not have imposter syndrome do. <laughs> right. And it's, I, it's that it's called the Dunning Kruger effect, right. Where it's like, you know, enough to realize, like you just said, it's like, if you're, it's almost the idea, like if you're living to your full potential, like it's time to mat, to, to expand your potential and see what else is there for you to grow into. Uh, so I've been trying to start a YouTube channel for two years. And every time I go to tell somebody something, right. Especially with books, every time I read a book and I'm like, I need to read five more books. Cause I don't know anything. Right. Yeah. Every time I buy a, an apartment building, I go to the next guy and I'm like, oh, you know, I closed a 52 unit. You just closed a 250. What, yeah. Who am I? And so every time I, I try to go start a YouTube channel, I try to teach somebody something. I'm like, what do I know? You know, what, do, what, what could I possibly know? When in reality, you know, some people are just getting started and like, dude, how do I buy that first house? And I'm like, that's simple. What do you mean? Right. Right. And so <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I can't believe people don't know this. And it's a very um, interesting little Thing that happens in my head. So I, I've been working through that myself, that, yeah. um, that imposter syndrome. I, and I, and I do, it is difficult because it's like first get over it then. But I, I think it's, it's also important to be like, but hang on, what, how much do you know before you go For off sure. and have the audacity to teach the world? how Exactly. It be? Exactly. And that, cause that's the flip side is that then there's this whole world of people who are, they buy into this idea that they can become a guru if they're just quote one chapter ahead and so now they're spewing out this information that's actually going to lead people down the wrong path because they don't have that knowledge and expertise and breadth of, of experience like you have. And so, you know, it's, it's almost like we need a group of guys that can step up and, and help eliminate that, those people that are starting too early, right? But you also don't want to uh, neglect people and say, don't start at all. Right. So like there's that, that weird balance of going, you know, and the, the other thing I think about too, cause when I think about, I, I do group coaching program and I have some online courses and stuff too, that, you know, basically everything that we do in my agency, I create processes and training, and then we can sell them to people who want to do it themselves. And so I think to myself, well, I've gone through other courses and I know that they're really good and I got a lot. So like, why would I do this? And then I started to think about this concept of like, well, if you like, a certain genre of music, you don't listen to one band, right? Like maybe you have yes. your favorite band, but you listen to all different bands and you go to different concerts and stuff. And so like, there's, there's, it doesn't matter how many people are teaching or showing how to do certain things, because it might just be your voice, your style, or just the timing of them. Maybe they heard it three different times, but when they heard you say it is when it clicked. 
And if you didn't do that, they would never have bought their first house. And think of where they'd be five years, they'd still be in that nine to five job thinking to themselves, man, I have all this ambition, but I don't know where to point it. But in that alternate universe, that one day they saw Alex's YouTube video about here's the easy steps to get started buying your single house and it changed their life forever. I rationally, I know all these things, yeah. but when it, when it comes to hit the publish button, yeah. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm working through it, man. I'm working through it. <laughs> we all are. We all are, you know, that we all are. And, and I always think to myself that same thing, like, well, am I, you know, why, why would it be me, the expert here versus somebody else? Um, and, and like you said, I know, I don't know all these other things. I'm like, oh, well, I don't want to lead people down the wrong path. Cause what if it turns out in five, what if it turns out five years down the road, I was wrong about this because the next, you know, it's like, you can't, you just got to get one foot in front of the other, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a interesting little journey, but uh, I think I don't want to make it complicated for the listeners to be like, Hey, mm-hmm. look, you know, go listen, go find content that right. helps you. But you know, part of the journey also as a, as a, you know, a consumer of content is, you know, navigating through, like you said, you got to listen to one person. You're like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Let me hear somebody else explain it. Okay. Now it's coalescing. And then you, as you get better, you start to realize, okay, some people shouldn't be listened to. Right. And, and that's part of everybody's journey. But of course. Uh, the overall idea is I think there's definitely a lot of people who are not trying to consume any content at all that makes their life better. Yeah. And it's like a little goes a long way. You know, podcasts changed my life just because I was sitting there listening to music that I listened to in high school. And as much as I love it, right, I've heard the same songs a million times. Even the, you know, it's, um, it's an easy sacrifice. I think maybe people are complacent with their music and all these things. Um, and they, they say they love it and that's all fine. But I'm like, dude, if you cut out half the music in your life and added podcasts, um, you you could almost certainly end up a millionaire if not well, you know, way more. And, and, and even if not just that, like there are other benefits, there are other things that people talk about on podcasts like this, where it's not just, you know, maybe not just how to make money, but how to create something or how to, you know, all these different uh, avenues that that can help you self-improve. And so um, back to the original thing with me, it was, Uh, I got to take self-responsibility. I got to, I got to self-grow. And that comes in a variety of different forms. The money problem is certainly one piece. Um, And then also, you know, once you, you had mentioned before the show Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's like, once I'm done with the money problem, what am I going to do with all my free time? So podcasting and books helped me with that tremendously. Um, Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. So, you know, now let's say, I think, you know, most of the people listening to the show here are entrepreneurs already. So they've escaped that initial thing and they're maybe trying to get their traction and take things to the next level. And so once you did kind of figure out the money part, like what did that unlock for you on that kind of spiritual journey? Like what was, what's next now? Like, okay, we, we kind of have the business, the financial thing taken care of, right? So let's climb that Maslow's ladder there. And what's that, what was that for you? Well, I'm going through it, but I, I love the ask this question because nobody, everybody wants to know how to make enough money because they're all, most of them have jobs and they're like, yeah. how can I quit my job? And that's what we want to talk about. And I, that's a very important question, but as I've gotten, gone through this and to be clear, I do not have so much money that I, you know, that I have <laughs> that I don't have to worry about it, but it's definitely got that trajectory where it's coming yeah. where it's like, Hey, look, I don't have to work now really. Right. Um, so what I found, and people hate to hear this, the solving the I have enough money for the rest of my life problem is actually a much easier problem than the, okay, now what are you going to do with all your free time? That problem 
is tremendously difficult for me. I can't speak for everybody. I don't have a wife or kids. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I, <laughs> I, I, I um, uh, it's just me and my pup. And, um, you know, I like to create with my camera, but free time is for a guy who's neurotic like me creates uh, all sorts of, you know, poor behavior or just poor thoughts. So, yeah. um, you know, books have helped me tremendously with that philosophy. Um, what are some of your text. favorite books there? You know who I like? I like Nietzsche. Mm -hmm. uh, Nietzsche was a hyper individualist who um, really inspired, inspires me to go out and, you know, he, this will to power. It's like you have power inside you and you can create your world if you have the strength to execute it. And it's more complicated than that, but that's the gist. Yeah. Um, but philosophy more, um, even the religious texts, right, which are grossly misunderstood, a mm -hmm. lot of them are uh, a self-reflection, um, self-rules to deal with the struggle of the human condition, which everybody goes through in yeah. different ways. But it's like, you know, I think one of the biggest problems we have in this um, culture right now is that uh, while people are working nine to five, they're not working like the farm like they used to, where it's like you have to work all the time right. to survive. <laughs> now it's like, hey, you got to work nine to five. And now you have a lot of downtime and people misspend it. Like we had alluded to, they watch too much TV, mm -hmm. they eat too much junk food. And I think it's a product of um, self-medication for not knowing how to deal with um, downtime, which yeah. is the, one of the oldest problems that humanity has had. So um, reading the old texts for me, older philosophical texts has showed me that these problems are not new. Um, this is what, you know, meditation was for. It's like, you know, the world is chaos. You can get some, you can get some balance. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is, it um, might be Perry Marshall uh, talks about every, every morning reading something that was written before the Gutenberg press. So it's, I love you, that, you know, um, that's really old. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have this whole bit about old books. Yeah. I don't like to read anything that's less than a hundred years old, even when it's like uh, economics and maybe not economics and philosophy, ec uh, uh, economics and history. I try not to read anything that's under like 30 to 50 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's definitely something to be said about knowledge that is over a hundred years old and has, is still in print. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause most books, 99% of books written are come and gone within a year. Right. You know, five years is a long time. 10 years is a super long time. If you can find something that's been around, you know, Marcus Aurelius, 1800 years, For it's sure. like, dude, there's something in there that uh, humanity really, really found valuable. And um, it's kind of easy pickings, right? These are, these are with the cell phone. It's incredibly easy to access this knowledge. Mm -hmm. Hello, this is Josh McCown, CEO of Viva May Hospitality and the beautiful Renault Resort Winery. I have to tell you the secret's out and the secret is on air brands, on air brands, creative agency, which specializes in launching podcasts, transforming live events into live streaming events and social media marketing soup to nuts. On Air Brands has changed the game. There'll never be a day from here forward when you and I and our companies don't need to be on the air. Every brand needs to be on the air, but so few know that. So it's great to work with a group that are ahead of the curve and to find a company that has been built on the core foundation of the future of marketing. If you're ready to broadcast your brand like they've done for my brands, take the next step and make a change that can transform your business. Reach out to On Air Brands today. That's onairbrands.com. Yes, onairbrands.com. What do you think of like the modernized curation, I'll say like from like Ryan Holiday with the Daily Stoic and, and that kind of stuff where he's putting out these ancient texts 
Um, and I don't think he even really changes much of it. I think, you know, he does his little analysis, but no, yeah. he reads off quotes. I, I personally think that it's an excellent effort in what he's doing and it gets people access people who are not going to sit there and read all of meditations or all, read all of um, Epictetus and these things. And I yeah. haven't read Epictetus, but um, I think people don't have the, you know, we live in a five minute or less attention span yeah. culture. So he's done an excellent job of parceling out wisdom. Um, I think there's definitely something lost in, um, with philosophy to take away context because yeah. it's kind of a nuanced um, genre yeah. by nature. But that being said, I, I can't help but to critique because it's my nature, but I think overall he's doing a super net win. Yeah. Um, and hopefully opening people's ideas to like, hey, look, you know, I like this. Let me dig deeper. That's what I was going to say is that he's creating that pathway. And this is and this goes back to what we said, like when you want to expand and grow, find the people that you can follow so that it just gets in front of your face more. And then and then it opens, like you said, yeah, it, it, let's get the 30 second version from from Ryan or the Daily Stoic on Instagram. But then once something hit when something pulls on you then you can go in and find that context and understand the nuances. And without putting those seeds in front of yourself in your own path, you're never going to go down those, those hallways, you know, and I think that's super important. And I think that's a cool thing that he's able to do um, whether that's his intention or not with that kind of stuff. I'm sure it is, but um, I think that's, that's great. And then some of the other stuff, like I'm always once a year, I try to go back to like a think and grow rich and how to win friends and influence people. They're not quite a hundred years old, but they are definitely older. Um, and the, this quote that has, I've seen a lot recently about Jeff Bezos and how he's built Amazon was everyone's always chasing the next thing, right? Like right now it's clubhouse. So, Oh, well, how do we get on clubhouse and maximize that for our business? Or how do we do whatever's next? What's this shiny object stuff. Right. And Bezos, uh, was quoted saying, I'm, uh, I'm not going to get this right, but something along the lines of like, we don't look for like what's going to happen next necessarily to maximize. We look at what has been true for a really long time. And how do we do that really well? And it's like, customers are always going to want things cheaper and faster. So like, that's what we're focus is on. We're not looking at what could be potentially happening or how do we jump on the next bandwagon, but what has always been true or been true for a hundred years. Like you said that, like it's lasted this long, it must be super important for us to pay attention to and, and weave into our daily lives and business. Yeah, I like that. There's a principle that I follow um, called Lindy, which is uh, the longer something has been around, the longer it's likely to be around. And the shorter something has been around, the faster it's likely yeah. to go away. Yeah. Um, so chasing, um, you know, I don't really even consider myself an entrepreneur, really. Um, so chasing these new exciting things to me is like shiny bouncy ball syndrome. Right. I try to stick with tried and true. Yeah. Um, Maybe not to the degree Bezos, you know, I'm not a billionaire. So obviously, but, um, but, but that being said, like clubhouse, I look at, it, I haven't been on, uh, everybody tells me it'd be great for me because, uh, I'm a, uh, audio communicator. I'm a, well, I, they say it'd be a good fit for me, but I don't have an Apple yet. So I haven't mm -hmm. moved over, but I look at that and I look at it as the same as like, um, how, what TikTok was where it's, it's just software. And right. so like, you know, why can't Twitter do what Clubhouse does? Why can't Instagram do what Clubhouse right. does? Why yeah. can't Facebook do what Clubhouse does? So I, I wonder if um, that, that chasing, you know, people do, like it's the Bitcoin thing. It's like people yeah. are chasing this thing. And I'm like, mm, what problem are you really trying to solve? Are you just try chasing this, um, this shiny object? I know what problem uh, Bitcoin is trying to solve, which is um, the decentralization of 
of money. But uh, again, this is where history is great. It's like no government is ever going to let that happen, in my opinion. Right. So (laughs) on a real scale. So, um, you know, history for me shows, uh, to your point, you know, what lasts the test of time? What do humans really, how do they behave over over long periods of time? And then um, it kind of helps me not look at flyers and shiny objects and like, nope, like, dude, real estate for me is going to work. Um, you know, I invest, but I, I buy the, I buy the ETF, the S and P, right. I buy the market. And then, um, but, to, but I do like content, right. I, I'm a super big content. I do podcasts. I do, um, I write and I'm trying to break into YouTube, like I said. Uh, and for this, for, for the same reason where it's like, people have been telling each other stories since the dawn of man. That's how we communicate over shared narrative. So I know, I believe deeply that content is going to be hyper valuable in the future, individuals as brands, um, which is really hard to monetize in many ways, because, you know, what if you don't have a good personality? What if you're not, <laughs> what yeah. if you're not entertaining? Um, it's obviously more than that, but I love that, that idea where it's like, you know, go through history and find out what's, um, what's tried and true human behavior, lean on that. Uh, the flyers, a lot of people make money on these new fancy, you know, but that they're high risk, they're unknowns. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say that they, they won't last. It's just my, my approach is more, Hey, get to base kind of like you said with Bezos, get to base human behavior. It's not going to change. Yeah. Yeah. And so well, let's go back to, you know, you mentioned the real estate and the investing things uh, a couple of times. So when you were getting started, like, you know, for those of us who are entrepreneurs, like, so in my case, I, I run a marketing agency and I'm a partner in a few different businesses. Um, you know, what, you know, you found the way to make it easy. So what is that way to make it easy uh, to take the money? Like the way I, I think of it, like, you know, Kiyosaki's, you know, you, you earn money and then you put that into assets and then the money from the assets is where you build your wealth. Right. So what's that, you know, we're earning money in our business. Uh, you know, what's that step that, that you found that's, you know, you're calling easy as your tagline on your site here. Um, well, look, it's marketing. I mean, it's not so easy, right? I just say it kind of to be a smart ass. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not so hard either, right? The thing about it is not so much that it's easy as that it works. Yeah, so, and, and it's, it's easier than people think it would be. It's right? way easier than people think, right? And so it's like, um, you know, go off, the, go out and find a house that's underpriced, buy it, rent it out to somebody and sit on it forever. I mean, you know, they're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, if you, if you buy it right, Right. The only hard part is finding the good deal, mm-hmm. which um, once you get, like you said about earlier, once you get immersed, it's like, dude, if you know 50, if you need 20, if you know 20 wholesalers in your town, you can find a good deal. Yeah. So once you find a deal, you, you have equity and then it's going to rent for more than um, it costs. So you're going to make cash flow. And then in 30 years, the mortgage is going to be paid off. And if you buy it, you know, in a reasonable area, the house value is going to go up like, and you're going to get tax breaks along the way. I don't understand what could possibly be like everything you do you have to find new customers every day. Right. You're you're fighting against trends. You're fighting against people's short attention spans. Like, dude, there's there's nothing you can do in your business to make my roof go obsolete. <laughs> you know. And so when I say easy, I'm like, yeah, there's complexities in it and there's difficulties, but like, go off and buy a house and sit on it forever. Uh, it'll make money. I mean, unless even if you buy it, my first one doesn't make money or barely makes money. Right. It wasn't a good deal. It's like, Hey, guess what? You're going to get better. Well, and that's one. A, yeah, exactly right. Like, and, and, but if you never did that first deal and didn't, yeah. you know, you would never have done your second deal, you would never get better. And so it just comes down to starting and back to your initial premise of taking that, you know, self-responsibility. 
And most people own their own primary residence. So it's not even like you don't know how to go through the process. Right. Right. It's like, go look at your primary residence and see if that makes money. How much would it rent for? How much would it sell? Like how much have you made on, how much has it gone up in value? So like, then you can start and say, well, I did this. So I know how to do it. Well, this one doesn't make money. Well, what should I have done differently? Oh, I should have, if I bought this house for 50 grand less, I'd have been in good shape. Problem solved. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that, and let's step outside of the real estate context, but in everything, when it, it's, it's a habit that I'm still working on every day, I, I would love to do this on a daily basis, but debriefing your life, right? Like, okay, we just wrapped up this project or we just wrapped up this deal or we just, whatever it is, whether it's real estate, whether it's a, a client engagement, whether it's a, if you did a, if you launched a podcast, if you launched a YouTube channel, but like, to look back and say like, okay, what worked? What didn't work? What would I do different? Like, I don't think enough of us are documenting that just for ourselves. Dude, you just gave me a great idea. Actually, I have this terrible problem about going on YouTube and having the audacity. I don't want to teach anybody anything. Right. Right. And so what I've been trying to do is just telling people kind of like what you said, where it's like, here's what I did. Yes. Right. But I'm going to use that word debrief. And um, I've been trying to do it. I'm going to do it for real estate and I'm going to do it for books because I don't want to do book reviews. Right. I think that's uh, a very slippery slope. And then you get into this like, well, you know, that's tough. Oh, right. you, did you get it right? You know, right. and then, yeah. people, you know, it's like, and then somebody else is inevitably going to come along and be like, you didn't, you missed the point. Right. Uh, and so uh, debrief, I'm going to call it that. I'm going to debrief and I'm going to say, hey, this is what I learned. This is what worked for me. I don't know if it's right. I could be an idiot. Um, good luck, <laughs> but- but maybe this will be helpful. And this is, I love it. That, I'm going to hold you accountable to that too, man. I'm going to follow, I'm going to keep following up with you to make sure you do it and take the action. Okay. Well, well, you may be just be wasting your time. I'm, <laughs> I get excited. <laughs> That's great, man. Uh, but, but so uh, yeah, introspection is not a weakness of mine. I'm, I think about things, um, you know, my friend calls it romantic daydreaming. Um, mm. But uh, I'm a definitely an abstract, big, big concept thinker. And um, going through old, you know, going through transactions. And so my content actually on my website is mostly like, hey, this is my deal. Here's what I did right. This is how it works. Yeah. Um, I don't sell you anything. It's very, very thorough. It's very transparent. And it's like, this is what I did right. This is what I did wrong. This is what I'm gonna do the next time. And then the next blog is like, hey, remember when I said this? This is how it shaked out. This is what I did better. When I did the 24 unit, you know, I, I made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And then I went on the internet and I wrote like 3,500 words about all my mistakes on my blog. And then uh, when I did the 52 unit, when I did the 24 unit, I had to raise $280,000 and it was, it was daunting. It was difficult. Mm -hmm. When I raised the, when I did the 52 unit, I raised 1.4 million in cash in 30 days. And it was like, not that hard. And a lot (laughs) of it was because I didn't make the same mistakes that I did on the first one. Yeah. That's, that's great. I think that's a huge takeaway is to just, you know, that, that debriefing and recognize and teach your, teaching yourself from your own lessons. Yeah. If you, you know? sit there and you think about it and you're honest with yourself, which, uh, you know, big, that's people, I say ego, but people's biggest real problem is they lie to themselves, which, um, is hard to, it's hard to, I don't know how to break it, but not something yeah. I do anymore. Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I have the, the wallpaper on my phone. A buddy of mine is a, he does these daily cartoons and, and it, he put one out. I love so much. He sent it to me because I, because I told him I really wanted it as a phone wallpaper is the first slide. It says, all right, here's the top three things I need to get done today. Let me start off by doing 20 things that are completely unrelated to that. Right. And it's like, 
that's like the like what what is it that makes us do those things or like you said that we're lying to ourselves about like what is it that we really want so maybe it's not those top three things what you know how do we back to you said before point our ambition in the right direction that we can harness it procrastination is my number one way to realize i'm doing the wrong thing if my body is naturally going i want to do that it's like guess what don't just take that off the list. Don't mm-hmm. do that anymore. Don't sign up for that anymore. If you if you find yourself procrastinating things, it's like, dude, pay somebody. That's yeah. not for you. That's your yeah. body telling you you hate it. Like yeah. you can't go a lifetime of doing something you hate. You will be terrible at it, unhappy, and you'll procrastinate. You're not going to get it done. Yeah. Um, and the opposite is true too. To your to your point about um, uh, you know, somebody that says I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Sometimes, you know, it's a balance. Sometimes you're procrastinating. You shouldn't do it. Sometimes it's like, I'll do my fitness tomorrow. I'll do my fitness tomorrow. I'll do my, I'll start eating. I'll quit smoking. All these <laughs> things is like, Hey, now you're just lying to yourself. Right. Cause some of the things you can't just, aren't just procrastinated. Yeah. Sometimes it's like you, you're, you're really, you're lying to yourself. Yeah. And it's and, working. And sometimes, you know, I think sometimes it might be maybe over ambition or just a lack of priorities too, where it's like, if we overcommit to things, and we say yes to too many things, then we end up in this place where we have this battle where we said yes to a bunch of things. And now I have this issue internally with my self-integrity because I said I was going to do those things. So they have to stay on my list, but um, it's like really causes conflict. And I've gotten better this myself over the last year or two, but like learning to not say yes to everything that looks cool or that you think you want to do because you just, you have to stay more integral. And so when I came across this issue, when I became self-aware of this like self-integrity issue that I had a couple of years ago, it was not that like I was doing, the reason I was out of integrity was because I was over committing to all these different areas. And that it wasn't that I said yes to stuff and I wasn't getting it done. It was that I needed to stop saying yes to everything. And I had this need, I felt this need and obligation to just say yes to every opportunity that came across my desk. And every time someone called or messaged me, it was like, yeah, I'll meet you. I'll do this. I'll help you with that. I'll help. Yeah, I can do this. I can do that. And then all of a sudden you're out of integrity because no human can possibly do all of those things. Uh, I've been through the exact same thing. And it, it starts from when you get your, when you get started, you're like, dude, say yes to opportunity. Like right. that's a good, that's a good thing to do. Say yes to opportunity. And then like, once you start to get good and other people notice, they're like, well, help me with this, help me with this, help me with this. And next thing you know, I'm like, you know, I'm just, my schedule is loaded with things for other people, yeah. which I don't mind so much, but it's like stressing me out. And then I have to let them down sometimes. Right. And it's like, and then my stuff doesn't get done. Like who exactly. wins? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a lose, lose scenario. And I think that's something that, you know, I'm always trying to better myself at and figure out a bit way, better ways to communicate. No, or no, not right now. And that, and that kind of stuff. And then that even plays into this other idea. And we, we just got pinged. I think we have like two minutes left, but, um, this idea that I personally have this, I, I'm recognizing it now, but this limiting belief of I'm, I'm thinking too small and not obviously not on purpose, but all of a sudden it's like, okay, well I'm planning out my week. I, cause every day I journal and I say, okay, did I hit what I planned to do? And was the day successful? And it's like, all right, well, I'm, I'm doing pretty good at what I'm lis- listening here, but I'm not anywhere near. I say m- what my goals are. So it's like, oh my God, I'm thinking way too small. Like if this is the stuff I'm doing every day, I like, you know, I, I need to break out of that. Um, you know, was that part of something that unlocked with you on your journey from uh, used car salesman to where you are today? 
<laughs> Don't ever call me a used car salesman. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, when, um, when I started, my goal was to buy 10 houses over 10 years because that was a reasonable, rational retirement plan. It took me three years to buy eight houses. And now I own a total of 84 doors and we're still not at 10 years. So now I'm sitting here like, okay, how fast can I get to 5,000 units? Not, you know, maybe I can buy another one. It's like, no, it's going to happen. The question is now how fast? Mm-hmm. Because once I can get the 5,000 units, then pretty much I'll be done with real estate. I'll go do some other new, th- you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yep. and I figure, oh, that'll take another 10 years or less. Right. And then I, then I'll be, then I'll be well-established and I'll be smart. Then I can tackle a real, a real challenge. Uh, so yeah, as you, this is like the whole thing. This is the, uh, the make your bed um, philosophy where it's like, uh, it's, you know, tasks compound upon each other. You have to be diligent and smart. Like you said, strategic, you can't say yes to everything, but go get something done. And you're like, Oh, I can do that. Go get something you didn't think you get done. Right. Go try. If you can get it done, it's like, man, what else can you do that you don't think you can do? And as you do more of those tasks that yeah, your, your ability, your starts to your, your ability to daydream gets bigger. And you're like, man, I bet you I could do all these things. It'll take some time, but I mean, you're going to spend that time anyways. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's something that I've been thinking about a lot too. I've been hearing is, is, you know, that hopefully, you know, it, you're, you're going to be five years older in five years. Do you want to be in the same spot or do you want to do the, you know, you might as well do the work to get, you know, to, to change your trajectory. My same friends that wouldn't put the time in to, to do podcasts because they're like, you know, what's a big deal. You know, Oh, it's an hour a day. Uh, right. I'm like, <laughs> spent all those hours and now you're still working and I'm right. Yep. All I do is basically travel around and hang out with people. It's- yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, we got the note here. It's time to wrap up. So, Alex, this was a great conversation. I had a lot of fun. Where can people find you if they're uh, digging what we're talking about here? Brokeisachoice.com. Right, Broke I love it. Thank you very much. Com. Yep. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys, for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. That's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at eric at onairbrands.com. That's eric, E-R-I-K at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And please recommend us to one or two people in your circle. That will go a long, long way to growing our community. Also, if you could rate us on iTunes, just take a moment uh, to give us five stars. And if they have more stars, give all of them. We'd greatly appreciate you for that. And always, always like, subscribe, And share, share, share this show on social media. We'd love you for that as well. And if you have any ideas or want to hear something on a future show, please hit us up. Maybe you have a question for one of my guests or you want to uh, tell a story, a success story. uh, We'd love to hear from you. You can do that, especially if you're on the Anchor platform. You can leave us a voice message. We'd love to incorporate you and your voice on a future episode. Once again, folks, thanks again for listening to the Entrepreneur Circle. Please like subscribe and share, share, share. I am Eric Cabral. And as always, remember, your network is your net worth. So get in the circle.